Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the second session of Star Trek Congo. Uh, we are an actual play podcast that is role-playing using the Star Trek Adventure system by Modifius Entertainment. Our target era is uh, post-STO, specifically the year 2415. And our ship, the USS Congo, is a Trident class flying as part of Babylon Fleet out of Deep Space October. Now what that means is that this game comes after this group's previous game, Star Trek October, in regards to the timeline. Now of course, don't stress, if you haven't watched October, or if you missed last session, or if you've got to leave early, the VODs for Congo and all my other games are found on YouTube and most of the popular podcast solutions. Hopefully you don't need to have watched anything else to enjoy this game, but you might recognize some nods and returning characters if you do. Uh, Announcement-wise, the only thing I have is that I just want to remind everyone that I have sort of a text-based West Marches-style role-playing experience on my Discord server. Uh, if you are looking for Star Trek roleplay, if you want to get a taste of Star Trek adventures, or if you simply just want to read through and enjoy the chat logs, I definitely encourage you to come check it out. There's plenty of different ships and stations that you can create characters on. And depending on the availability, activeness of each ship's crew, it may lead to things like one-off sessions with me, as well as impacts on the rest of the Babylon fleet. Uh, that's about it in terms of announcements, so let's go around and have everyone introduce themselves, starting with the captain. Hello everyone, my name is Matthew. I play Captain Lee Tobin, uh, who is an intensely religious Bajoran on his first command. Uh, hello, I play now Ensign Jaro, uh, and uh, I'm out of Seattle. My name is John, and uh, you know Jaro used to be a pilot, but now he's an engineer. Um, hey guys, I'm Aaron. I'm playing uh, the returning now Lieutenant Commander Dottig, formerly Chief Medical Officer of uh, Deep Space October, now First Officer and Science Officer of the USS Congo. Is it me? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm Wani. I play the chief medical officer, Dr. Alel, the Denobulan. And um, you can find me on Twitch at Doc Wani. Hey, everybody. I'm Dag. I am the Liberated Borg Fives, uh, Lieutenant Fives. And uh, if you want to talk about anything having to do with Borg or Star Trek, hit me up at Trek Nexus. And if you don't know me by now, I'm ELH, the Game Master, and uh, we're just going to jump right into play. But before we actually start, I believe uh, Alel has an opening log. So Alel, if you would uh, take it away. Absolutely. Chief Medical Officer's Log Supplemental. Well, here we go again. It would seem as though on her first mission, the Congo has come across some kind of extremely dangerous, extremely large extremely hidden and extremely confusing wildlife preserve. Before I outline my concerns, perhaps I'll ideate on the significance of this discovery. This preserve is constructed on what can only be described as an Alderson disc, a structure similar in concept and scale to a Dyson sphere, only like a big donut. At first we were hesitant to approach the approach for obvious reason that it was artificially constructed, but we were pulled in by a tractor beam of sorts while we tried to decode a mystery signal coming from probes we had sent in ourselves. We are able to observe a number of abnormally large life forms with characteristics that suggest a reptilian genome. The first variety are bipedal, 
120 meters tall, 180 meters in length, including their tail. And sensors estimate their density coming in at a whopping 60,000 tons. Rather stocky in my opinion, but fascinating nonetheless. The second variety is much smaller at about 99 meters tall, 200 meters across and near 2000 meters in length, including its tentacles. It's extremely light at just under 200 tons, quite the opposite of its counterpart. Oh, and it's currently traveling at us at Mach 9 whilst displaying a sort of bioluminescent signal we've meant to decode. That means danger, vacate the area. We've also applied that decoding technique to the first signal and revealed the message, welcome to the best zoo in the galaxy. It seems this zoo can't make up its mind or the preserve has been contaminated somehow. I'll of course need a full bioatmospheric scan completed before I can allow crew off the ship without EV suits. End log. Dies. Uh, do, do you always record your logs right here on the bridge? Yeah, you never know when you're gonna need to record the last moments before we burn and crash. I'm taking care of that scan for you now, by the way. Uh, thank you, Lieutenant Commander, I appreciate that. Um, doctor, we're gonna have to have a conversation about this when we're not in mortal peril. Uh, sh sure, sir. Just for the records, you know. Hmm. Very good. You may have two momentum because I love that segue. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the situation as it unfolds is you all are currently hovering above the surface, really the not quite middle, but not quite low atmosphere of the disk surface. And you have two large beings that are on your radar. So Watney already described one of the types, but I'm going to very briefly just go over um, the two in detail for those who may not have caught the last description in last session. So the first one that we need to cover is the bipedal one, uh, the one that is not flying. And it is a creature with an exoskeleton-like armored skin. Uh, it has two half skulls on its shoulders and a long black forked tail. It has red eyes, a skeletal face, and long spikes along the top of its head. And in general, it kind of looks like, um, well, as Watney said, as Alel said, it is reptilian in design. Not quite Godzilla, but something similar. Now the other one, the one that's flying towards you all, uh, is still bipedal, but definitely different in design. Um, specifically, it has two hooved legs, it has retractable sword-like arms, and it has a head that resembles a uh, pointed seashell. And its back is a mass of saw-edged plates, and from its sides are four tentacles that trail over 100 meters long. And each of these tentacles is tipped with a bony spearhead, and its chest region is covered in glossy bioluminescent patches. And it is this creature, this second type, that is flying at you at Mach 9. The other creature, the one that's on the ground, um, hasn't really, if it's noticed you, it doesn't seem to have cared. But it does seem to be slowly turning in the direction of the approaching creature. And that is where exactly we will start today's session. Question for you, GM, before I give any orders. How fast is the uh, the Congo capable of traveling within the upper atmosphere? So that was something I couldn't find a good answer on, um, specifically because impulse engines can go anywhere between, well, depending on what cannon you think is cannon, uh, one-fourth and one-third light speed. Now, what that means in atmosphere, 
I mean, if you really wanted to, you could go mock whatever, but at a certain point, the atmosphere is going to start causing you to make checks, if that makes any sense. We also have thrusters available. Mm-hmm. And limitations on the speed there? Uh, if you're going to go thrusters, what I would say is you're probably looking at maybe... I would say sub-mock is what I would say, sub-sound uh, sub barrier. Okay. Ensign Rowan, take the ship to impulse. Match the creature's speed. Keep it at the same distance that it is at the moment. Give us some time to actually work through this translation matrix. Doctor, have you been able to perhaps extrapolate how we might communicate with the creature? Do you have a, enough of a translation to allow us to talk back to it? Uh, we do have a, actually a GM, I would ask that of you. Do we have enough information to uh, be able to do well, that? You have a somewhat working translation matrix. Um, it's almost like uh, if you, I, I know I'm mentioning Enterprise, but if you know how in Enterprise, uh, Hoshi sort of had a working theory most of the time. It's mm-hmm. kind of that same way where you're not 100% sure it's going to translate, but mm. it might. Uh, we could attempt to to use this matrix. Of course, I would need Pies' help, but uh, to translate a message if you wanted to relay a signal, I can promise the intent will be there, but I can't promise the exact wording would be relayed. It's better than nothing, Doctor. Hopefully we can establish some kind of baseline for communication and grow from there. Chief Fives, uh, Lieutenant Commander Datig, do you have any suggestions as to how we might actually convey this message? Running lights, emergency beacons, some kind of modification to the deflector array? The deflector array was where I was thinking, sir. If we can modulate a phased pulse through the, the main deflector, it can reflect on the interior of the shields to produce something like a beacon. Then... I, uh... I would have to disagree with my illustrious colleague. I don't think any modifications to the deflector dish are warranted or wise at this time. Chief um, Fives, could we not specifically uh, program a message into one of our photon torpedoes and program the strobe effect to match the message that we wish to send? It would be possible, but I'm not certain they're going to interpret a photon torpedo as friendly here. I wonder if we could take the matrice and convey it not in bioluminescent form, but in perhaps audible format. Well, whatever the case, as uh, you debate options, the Congo does angle away from its quote-unquote landing position and begins soaring across the treetops. And it's worth noting that the disc that you're currently on, at least the section of the disc that you're floating above, um, it is covered in a lush jungle that uh, is honestly almost like, uh, again, I'm referencing something else. Uh, for those of you that have seen Avatar, um, you know that sort of almost picturesque alien jungle where the trees are way too big, uh, there's vines and ivy everywhere, the plants can probably kill you if you touch them the wrong way. It is, uh, I mean, in terms of a zoo, it's actually very nice, but the fact that you're knee deep in said zoo, Maybe not so much. But uh, as you do fly away, at least uh, in terms of uh, distances are concerned, the first creature, the one on the ground, uh, continues to ignore you as the other flying one gets closer and closer and closer. 
And I think what happens at this point, because you guys are uh, moving away, um, it's at this point that the flying monster um, is actually going to sort of spray out its tentacles to either side of it and is going to angle the tips of them towards the ground-based creature. And it is at this that I get to roll some dice to see what happens. So this is going to be uh, for the for the flying creature. All right, so it has two successes. And it looks like the ground-based one actually succeeds there. So what happens is the flying one almost slams into the ground-based one, and they sort of tumble end over end uh, with each other. And the flying one ends up on the bottom of this roll, and the, the ground-based one begins pummeling with its fists and its teeth and its claws uh, into the flying creature. So, looking at the damage, uh, yeah, so your sensors would detect that, yeah, they're just doing superficial damage to each other. They're not actually taking any damage from any of these attacks. This is remarkable, Captain. The, the, the amount of damage they're inflicting to each other would annihilate a starship in a, in a single rake, and they're just pummeling each other down there. What a terrible waste. I can't really tell if it's friendly. We, we don't have enough zoological information to determine that with the species. Um, they could be absolutely fighting, or they could be engaging in some form of greeting. Rowan kind of uh, turns in her chair and goes, it, I thought you were going to say mating, and I was about to tick. You know what? I'm just going to shut up now. A theory, though, talk Captain. about that later. We could potentially be witnessing this flying creature fulfilling its mandate of safeguarding zoo patrons. Our proximity likely provoked this intervention on its part, despite the fact that they cannot do any damage to one another or will not. In all likelihood, this is meant to give us time to get away from what it considers to be a threat. These creatures do seemingly only have a rudimentary form of intelligence, but... Hmm. Fives, is there any way that we can determine uh, a level of a phaser setting that could disrupt them, perhaps force them away without causing them actual injury? I'm positive I can calculate that, sir. However, again, uh, weapons fire may not be interpreted as friendly, and if, if one of them was to safeguard... Uh, the visitors to said zoo, it surely would safeguard the animals. Nonetheless, I'd like you to attempt to make a scan and calibrate the phrases appropriately. If we do have to defend ourselves, I'd rather do so without actually causing permanent damage to any of these creatures. Aye, sir. And I will run whatever ELH tells me to do here. All right. Well, first thing before we do that task, I'm going to roll for the creatures again. And just so I don't have to keep saying the flying one and the ground one, uh, let's say that the flying one is a type 2, the ground one is a type 1. So that way we know a type 2 and a type 1. So I'm going to roll for type 1 first, uh, another two successes, and then type 2. Okay, so what happens this time, again, the Congo's flying away further and further and further, and as you do so, what happens is the Type 2, the flying one, is, again, just locked to the ground. 
and the ground-based one, the Type 1, sort of reels back, and you think for a moment it's going to come down with, like, a Kirk punch to the face, but instead the, quote-unquote, eye sockets of the skulls uh, on its shoulders begin to glow, and then a massive energy blast, not unlike a disruptor, uh, fires from these skulls and pierces the shell, chitin, exoskeleton, whatever you want to call it, of the Type 2, dealing a significant amount of damage, visual damage, uh, to this creature. So let me see. So it has resistance of that. It did that much damage. So that should be a total of uh, this much damage. I can math today. All right. Does such an energy output put any out any kind of displacement wave within the atmosphere that would affect the ship and appear on sensors? Um, not in a way that would affect the Congo, but you would be able to detect fives that this is on a disruptor level. So these creatures are apparently able to fire like warbird level shots. Sir, that blast had the energy reading of an entire phaser array for a Dideridex Romulan warbird. I can see why this creature was attempting to warn us away. Dr. Allel, can you determine anything about the level of injury that that creature sustained? Is it going to survive? Uh, let me attempt, sir. All right. I haven't forgot about you, Fives, but let's resolve this first. Uh, and don't worry, Jaro, your time to shine is coming. So, Allel, I would like you to roll me a, let's say, a reason in medicine, and the Congo will assist you with a sensors in medicine. Difficulty of one. Xenobiology. Xenobiology was most definitely apply. <laughs> all right, that's already three successes. Very nice. Let's see the uh, if the ship gets you any more. Sorry, say again. Is Who has the ship? the ship? I've got a chart up. I don't think oh. we know what you were asking for, though. Was it a sensors? Oh, medicine. sensors medicine. Sensors medicine. Okay. All right, so it's a total of four successes, which means uh, you get three momentum back. Okay. And uh, what I would say, Alel, is that one of those hits, the creature will probably be fine. Two or more, it's starting to look at a little bit dicey. Three or more, eh, you're going to have to call it sooner or later. Four or more, yeah, it's dead. Uh, it's okay for now, Captain, but if it takes another three or four of those, it's gone. Thank you, Doctor. Uh, fives, Lieutenant Commander, belay that order. Try to work on that translation matrix. Let's see if we can convince them to break apart. Aye, sir. And uh, Rowan turns and says, "Um, should should we pipe in Jaro for this one? I mean, his work on the translation matrix initially, but sorry, sir, I probably am speaking out of turn. And Lee will tap his comm badge. Well, not exactly looking at uh, Rowan with um, a little bit of frustration for speaking out of turn, but it seems like it's more directed inwards at himself for having failed to recognize that uh, obvious point mm -hmm. uh, because he's become so fixated on the creatures themselves. Ensign Jaro. Captain? We're attempting to develop a communication matrix by which we can converse with these creatures, try to break up the fight that you're no doubt aware is transpiring. I'd like you to liaise with Dr. Alel, uh, Commander Dottig, and Chief Fives. 
this is the the light patterns that's correct i'm sure i can rig something up with all the different running lights with on the on the ship make it so uh so uh jaro's going to start um basically using the external lights for uh for the congo okay so the way this is going to work actually no before we do this excited task let's do fives thing before i forget it again so fives uh you're looking to basically modulate the phasers or find a way to injure the creature correct uh yes determine and now that we have some evidence of what kind of disruptor power it would take to do that uh, we can correlate that with the ship's capabilities. Got it. All right, so I want you to roll me a insight and a security difficulty of two. And if I'm using ship's sensors, would I get a bonus on that? Uh, this actually isn't using the sensors. It's just you doing the roll. Okay, and uh, energy weapons or shipboard tactical systems? I'd give you both. I'll take both. And we do have quite a few momentum. Man. So I would say, unfortunately, with only the one success, uh, you're not really not really able to get what you're after, unfortunately. Um, also, you do have to leave temporarily for, what, uh, nine minutes from now? Eight minutes from now? That is correct. Okay. I will find a way to keep you otherwise preoccupied. But uh, let's do an extended task here. So the way this extended task is going to work is we are going to keep track of intervals here. And what this means is that every attempt you make is going to give the creatures two attacks. So you would have to spend momentum to bring that down to one attack. And again, you're sort of risking the, if I do this, are, you know, is the creature going to get further harmed? If I do this, are they going to kill each other? So it's, it's kind of a race against time, as it were. Um, and as far as extended tasks go, it's honestly not that bad. Um, it only is going to be a magnitude 4, difficulty 4, uh, work track of 14, and a resistance of 1. Um, so it's honestly not that bad. Um, but in terms of tasks that you're doing, um, if it's Jaro that's doing the task or assisting, it's going to be a daring engineering. Uh, if it's Dottic doing the assist, it's daring science. If it's fives, daring security. And as you can probably guess, Alel is daring medicine. Could I argue that I used a direct task by ordering him to use that uh, plan that he had suggested? I will say you can use the direct action on one of these roles, um, in which case you will assist with a presence command. Um, but you only get to do this once, so make sure you choose wisely which role you want to apply the direct task to. Okay. But yeah, who would like to? Uh, who wants take a to shot take the role? I think you just uh, volunteered. I think yeah, so, yeah. Charo Char will uh, do the daring engineering. Um, I'll also use uh, three momentum. Okay. So roll four dice. And let's see. Yeah, I don't think I have a focus. And is anyone assisting with that, or...? You can have up to one source of assisting. So if you want to do Dottig assisting you, or LL assisting you, or Fives assisting you, you just, you can only pick one. Alright, well that's three already. 
Can you I'll get go the for fourth? it. Daring security? Daring security. Survey and says... When we do assist, it's only one die, right? Correct. Yep. Do focuses count? They do. Oh. All right, okay. there's your fourth. So yeah, uh, Jaro, uh, based on your earlier work on the translation matrix, maybe I like to flavor it. Maybe you were just sort of mulling it over in your head. You're like, well, why didn't I see this sooner? Or, you know, why was this so hard to break? Or however you want to flavor it in your head. Um, it's been on your mind. And as a result, you sort of have a special insight uh, into a way that you can use the running lights, as you suggested, to sort of relay a message. And for that, I need you to now roll me, uh, let's see, your engineering is a four. Uh, so go ahead and roll me six challenge dice. Alrighty. All right, so that is going to be four work done. And what I would say... I'm going to re-roll the two one, uh, zeros. Okay. For one momentum. There we okay. Go. So that actually goes up to six work done. And the one thing I would say is, while you are achieving a breakthrough here, um, would you want to spend that remaining one momentum to make this interval one instead of two? Because remember, every interval, the creatures attack each other. Your call, Captain. I would suggest that we do that, but... Uh... Okay. All right. Done. Done. <laughs> all right. So, uh, as you are all working, working frantically to get this translation matrix up and running... Uh, their creatures are again going to attack each other. So here's type 1. Wow, they are rolling really well today. And here's type 2. Well, uh, type 2 is apparently getting its crap pushed in because once again, uh, the type 1 fires its phaser disruptor-like beams and injures the creature for a second time. So it's it's not doing great. It's not doing great. But yeah, uh, you have uh, another attempt at this if you so wish. Uh, so this time, uh, Jaro's going to uh, think to himself that there's a, a unique life form down there, and um, we are doing our best to save something that's really unique, and uh, and and we'll spend determination uh, mm -hmm. with the value of what would Jana do. I love it. And if I may, I'd like to use a direct task here to order him to. Uh circumvent the isolinear backups on deck 12 as we've noticed that they have been uh, less efficient than the uh, the primary systems um, so drawing on my engineering background yeah I love it I love it and only using two dice remember you could give me threat I know I could <laughs> uh, you know what let's let's go ahead and give you the one uh, the three uh, threat Three threat. Okay. Two threat. What is it? Uh, I have a, quite a few talents that will help you here in terms of advisor letting you reroll a die. So. Yeah, we'll we'll give you the threat for one extra die. Got it. And don't worry, fives. I know exactly and, what and that we'll, guy and, and we'll reroll the one uh, die there with uh, the direct task. <laughs> yeah, probably a good thing. 
All right, there's your three. All right, so yeah, go uh, me another. Yeah, so that's five total successes. Right, five total because of determination. So you get two momentum back, and yeah, go ahead and roll me your challenge die, the six challenge die, to see how much work you get done, and then I'll flavor your result. Damn! All right. And I will say that with my talent, each of those effects counts as two. <laughs> oh, you have time management. Uh, not time management, but um, coordinated efforts. Ooh, even better. Well, in that case, I think what happens here is if I have my math right, uh, yeah, you complete this extended task in one go because it's oh, it's five, so that's one magnitude. You complete the word track, that's another magnitude. No, there's one difficulty remaining, and the only reason I, I'm not just going to say you beat the word track or you beat this extended task is because, again, timing is an issue here. Um. So I think what's going to happen is you are almost to a breakthrough here, Jaro. And you think with just a little bit more of a push that you can not only communicate with the creature, but you might be able to do so in a, um, I don't want to say verbose fashion, but definitely in, in a conversational manner. Uh, almost like um, going to a foreign country and you would know enough of the language to hold a basic conversation or maybe not even basic but a good conversation with someone um and go ahead and take the one momentum to make it so it's only the one attack okay so uh i'm gonna roll for the type one first and then we're gonna do the type two all right so i think again what happens is uh the type two takes another hit at this point and it's looking pretty battered uh, it has puncture marks all across its skeleton. Uh, you can see exposed muscle and sinew. It does not look healthy at this point. And it is at this point that I think Rowan is once again going to speak out of turn and go, um, sir, are we trying to save the creature or tell it to go away? Oh, never mind. Hold on. And the Congo suddenly lurches as I spend two threat that the Congo lurches out of the way as the Type 1 fires an errant blast, and the blast just sort of grazes the Congo's shields. Uh, you guys are going to suffer three shield damage, but the effect is that Five's console, and we've discussed this beforehand, I'm not just being mean to Dag, uh, <laughs> Five's console uh, blows out in typical sparks and rocks as he is injured onto the... Uh, onto the floor of the bridge. Uh, uh so... Alal's <laughs> going to come to his aid. Alright. And I think anybody who uh, was paying attention would notice that Dottig would also just about stand up, but sit back down when he sees Alal going over there. So yeah, uh, an attempt to get you. I think we momentum. almost have it, Captain. I'm sorry that this is not going as quickly as. And then, then you hear him like shouting some commands to somebody. Question, LH: Do we have uh, another officer on the bridge who would be capable of assuming a role at tactical using their respective console? Uh, technically, Rowan could do it. She would just have to multitask. Uh, then, do we have anyone on the bridge who would be capable of taking her position at the con? <laughs> A red shirt could do it. Because I don't think either of the three doctors here are capable of doing that. If Jaro was on the bridge, he could. Either as the substitute tactical officer or as the con officer, but... Uh... You could order him to the bridge. 
What I would also say is that in a pinch, uh, oh no, you have a con of one. I was about to say, Captain, you could get up and <laughs> fire the I phasers. Could. Nope, that's a security of one. You could. Nope, nope, that's a, that's a whole lot of nope. Yeah. I've okay. got a con of two, so I'm twice as good at the captain. Hmm. Then I think I'll just. Uh, some random red shirt will be poised to take over for Rowan, okay. and I would order Rowan to the uh, tactical console. And rather than allowing Jaro to complete his task, I would order her to use the calculations that Chief Fives has already been able to conduct to try as best as possible to disrupt the larger creature, attract its attention, or ward it off. Okay, so to be clear, you are firing on the uh, larger Type 1. Yes. Okay, I just wanted to be sure. So, uh, the way this is going to work is a little bit differently than a normal phaser blast, because normally, uh, when you fire phasers, uh, you would have to basically subtract power or otherwise, you know, modulate the power of the phaser shot. Uh, the Congo doesn't do that. The Congo has its own sort of... It's both a blessing and a curse, and it has a talent known as Independent Phaser Supply, and what that means is that there is a dedicated reactor to just powering the phasers rather than, say, the warp engine powering everything. The phasers have their own supply. Now, the problem with that is you can't boost the power of phasers. The phasers always have an effective rating, so you can't really boost them one way or another. Um, so the way this is going to work is whoever wants to get Rowan... Uh, she's going to be rolling a control security. The difficulty is two, and the Congo will assist you with a weapon security. Alright, I've got her. You want to take a momentum for that as well? I Ooh. don't think that's really going to matter. Yeah, with uh, no successes for Rowan, I think what happens is uh, she vaults over the, the railing to get to the tactical station, and she starts typing in configurations. She goes, damn, why the hell is it configured for Borg? And uh, you all see a phaser shot, like, fire far off to the left of the Type 1. Just the... Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And I guess it would be the uh, the creatures again. Yep, it would be the creature's turn this time. So here's the Type 1. All right, well, the Type 1's rolled complications. Uh, type 2, interesting. So the Type 2 uh, finally gets the upper hand. It bats the larger creature off of it. And rather than, you know, kind of do a tumbling sort of death spiral, it actually kind of looms over the Type 1, and its tentacle tips begin to glow. And then a sonic burst emanates from each of the tentacle tips so loud that it almost clears the cloud layer above it and you can almost hear it through the hull of the Congo, it's that loud but the resulting damage to the Type 1 is significant at least as far as these giant creatures are concerned and uh, you do see that a big old chunk of the exoskeleton, the chitin-like skull structures of its shoulders have drooped almost significantly and it is now your guys' turn again. Uh, you could have Jaro attempt to uh, do something. You could, uh, I don't know, fire phasers again. Uh, tell me what you guys would like to do. Options or suggestions? I, I almost have it, Captain. 
Unfortunately, I'm not sure that the larger creature is going to be responsive. What Lieutenant can Commander? we analyze? Can we analyze the sonic frequency that emanated from the Type Two and try and recreate that? You certainly can. Great. I would like to try and do that. Okay. I just wanted to be sure. So since yeah. it's your idea, Lel, you're going to be rolling a daring and a science. Okay. And uh, Jaro or Dottig, you can, of course, assist on this. And this is still the extended task. So the difficulty oh. is currently a one. Captain, is this okay? Like, I know we're pretty keen on saving lives out here. So... Doctor, do you think that uh, you can finish this task and disrupt this creature to, well, save our would-be rescuer? Please, go ahead. All right. Um, alternative medicine? <laughs> no. No, maybe if you were treating the creature, but <laughs> no, systems? you're just trying to talk to it. <laughs> um, okay, never mind. Xenobiology? <laughs> I, I would I would give you xenobiology. Okay, okay, I'll do xenobiology. Um, can I aid her? Sure. How you doing it? Um, well, okay. So what? Wait, so shoot. With what the, am I rolling? Sorry. Daring medicine on your part. Medi or dare, medicine or, sorry, or daring science. science. Daring That's science. That's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're we're recreating this shockwave for the purpose of backing up this type one. Like we want it to go away. Right. Analyzing the frequency that it fired at the type one and then right. trying to recreate that. Yeah. To what end? To the end of the altercation. Okay. Yeah, I think she's considering using that as a means okay. of attacking okay. the other okay. creature given gun. the eff efficacy of the assault. Yeah, right. and I want to use the deflector dish. Okay, then I misunderstood. It's not a difficulty one in that instance. It's not the extended task. This is going to be a difficulty three. And, uh, yeah, you have Dottig assisting you. I would say the ship could probably also assist you with engines and security. I'm going to buy momentum. I'll okay. buy an extra dice with the momentum. And there we go. All Let's right, well, there's two. two. Okay. Dottig or this ship gets you the third. Is it daring science, you were saying? Yep, daring science. All right, well, there's the third from the Congo. Does Dottig roll a complication? No, he gets a success. You get a momentum. <gasps> Yay. All and right. Alil, you have uh, cautious science. You can re-roll one of those zeros, right? I do. Can I do that? I can yeah. do that. What do I roll? Just a... Just you'd go through the same process. Just re-roll the one. Okay. All right, so you're up to five, and that means uh, you get two momentum back. So uh, tell me a little bit, uh, either Dottig or Alel, tell me a little bit what you're doing with this uh, reverse-engineered sonic pulse. Uh, so I would imagine that Alel and Dottig are probably like working nearby, trying to configure uh, the frequency itself that we picked up on sensors. Um, key that into our own deflector dish and then get to a sort of how, how low are we to the ground uh, right now I imagine you're maybe I gotta do math in my head here hold on you're maybe about 
20 stories up, so you're actually fairly close to the surface. Okay, cool. So it's not like we're far enough away to where nothing is going to hear it. Correct. Okay, so, uh, and then I would ask the con to get in position for us to fire the frequency from the deflector dish. Datek, do you have anything to add? Uh, yes, if we're able to match the life forms harmonic resonance we may be able to disrupt its nervous system briefly enough to incapacitate it mm-hmm. all right so i believe at this point we now have to do a very interesting role and i'm debating who to give this to because on one hand i think it's a security role because it's firing something so it should be a security and therefore rowan's job but it also is the brainchild of Dottig and Alel, so I'm thinking maybe it's some form of, like, science attack. But if it's deflector dish, found it in the deflector dish, could Jaro do it? Jaro, yeah. If you want to interrupt Jaro, yeah, now that I think about it, I think that actually works really well. If you have Jaro do it, mm-hmm. uh, so you just have to tell Jaro what it is you yeah. want him to do. Jaro, I'm relaying the uh, the signal frequency to you if you could fire from your side of things yeah he gets on it and uh fires away all right so this is going to be a daring engineering on your part jaro actually let's make it control engineering because you are just firing a quote-unquote phaser uh so control engineering and then uh weapons engineering for uh the ship i'll use one momentum okay and um I have uh, Starship Weapon Systems. Definitely would apply. Difficulty on this is a three. Alrighty. There's three. There's your three. Does the ship get you any more with its uh, weapons engineering? Do you have that, Aaron? Or uh, I can. Yep. No, it's okay. I've got it. Then. Okay. All right. It gets you a fourth. That nice. brings your momentum right back to you. And yeah, uh, the way it works, Jaro, is uh, you have one of two options here. You can either simply stun the creature, meaning it's out of combat for this scene, or you can deal actual damage to it and roll challenge dice. Entirely up to you. Stun? Stun, because it's what Janna would do. Fair enough. So what happens is, what I like to imagine is the deflector... Uh, begins to spool up and glow with this almost uh, translucent yet still visible uh, blue light and a beam fires out from the deflector dish of the Congo and impacts the Type 1 and a deafening sort of sonic screech comes from this beam and the Type 1 immediately reels and otherwise stumbles back and falls to its back and sort of remains twitching on the ground. It's stunned, not dead. And at this attack, the Type 2 ceases its attack um, and begins flashing a pattern of lights at you all. So before Lee even worries about that, he is going to uh, turn to Dr. Allel. Excellent work, Doctor, both of you. Uh, And... Jaro, please express my appreciation to your staff. The modulations were carried out with, well, marvelous efficiency. Get back to trying to finish the uh, the communications systems. 
and Jarowitz right then that an ensign comes up to you and goes, uh, sir, we finished the modifications. I think we're ready. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, we're ready, Captain. Excellent work. And uh, turning back to the screen, can we run that through the translation matrix and get a text-based or audio-based uh, readout of what the creature is trying to communicate to us? Which would you prefer, text-based or audio-based? Uh, Jaro and team made it audio. Okay, there you go. Sorry. So, <laughs> no, you're fine. So the, uh, the type two uh, says the following. Thank you for your assistance. Meet in clearing two miles to south. Send a message to it, uh, indicating our acknowledgement. And Roan reports a uh, message sent, sir. Um, do you want me to take the helm again, or should I stay here? Please do. Doctor, how is Lieutenant Fives? How is he? You can make something up, because until Dag comes back, he is out of commission. <laughs> okay. Uh, sir. <laughs> um... He's rebooting. Uh, yeah, he seems his circuitry seems to have suffered a little bit, but nothing that Jaro, I'm sure, can't fix. Um, I think he'll be okay. He's just out of it. I suspect that there's some kind of neuroelectric feedback in his cortical implant. Uh, as I understand his course of treatment, that's been a bit of an issue for him. Could you please call a medical team and have them escort him to uh, have them escort him to Stick Bay, where he can recover? I sir, I'll make sure he's under supervision. Thank you, Doctor. And Ensign Rowan, set a course for the rendezvous coordinates. Yes, sir. All right. It's a relatively actually quick flight over uh, to this clearing. Just give me one moment to grab the tokens, because apparently I didn't save them on this map. There we go. And we have the Congo. And we go to the clearing. Alright, so the clearing, if you could even call it a clearing, is actually more just a dense thicket that simply has a small landing zone in front of it. Um, now when I say small landing zone, I mean on a cosmic scale. It's, it could easily fit probably a galaxy-class starship in this clearing. Um, but what that means is the Congo has no trouble flying in and quote-unquote landing or hovering, whichever you would prefer. Um, but once you settle down into this clearing and get a, you know, a look at your surroundings, um, you're once again seeing the idyllic nature of this planet firsthand. Um, specifically, the dense underbrush and the lush greenery around you is sort of pockmarked by uh, bioluminescent tree trunks that have been splintered in half uh, to reveal these glowing veins within. Um, there is a river that comes from a cascading waterfall uh, to the west as it sort of skirts the edge of this clearing and goes deeper into the forest. Um, there are bioluminescent glowing mushrooms that are easily the size of, say, a, um, a dump truck back on Earth. So these are very large mushrooms. And you're also seeing little hints of wildlife on a smaller scale, something more like uh, seagull size, like avian creatures... Uh, you're seeing a few fish jumping out of the water. Um, in general, it is quite lovely, or at least I like to think of it that way. Um, but once you settle down and you sort of wait for the creature to come in, um, after maybe a few moments, the creature 
unceremoniously drops it from the sky and slams into the ground, skidding up to the edge of the water uh, before it comes to a stop. Uh, quick question. Were we able to scan the environment outside and there's nothing dangerous in the atmosphere? Uh, yeah, we handled that last time, but as a reminder, uh, it is a Class M, and as far as you can tell, no biological contaminants. Okay. Dr. Allel, can you open communications with it? I, sir. So we're still in the ship, right? Correct, yes. Okay. Meanwhile, Jaro's trying to uh, work on a portable version of this uh, translation device. I mean, what I would say on that, Jaro, if you want to spend that two momentum you've got, you can have it. All right, done. Uh, so sh I guess... LL would step up to whatever console has the con and just like open up a hail. Well, it's one of the beauties of uh, Star Trek technology that you can do it from any station. Uh, oh. It's only the TOS era that you have to be at specific stations. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Channel open, sir. Thank you. To the un unidentified creature, this is Captain Lee Tobin of the Federation starship Congo. We are on a peaceful mission of exploration, and we would like to open a dialogue with you. We're going to treat this as a open hailing frequencies task, simply because I would like to get you guys some momentum. Um, so that's going to be a control engineering on the part of Alel. Uh, the difficulty is zero, and the ship will assist you with communications and engineering. <laughs> I have a one. I believe in you. I think you can get at least one success. I believe. <laughs> um. Okay. I don't think I have a focus. All right. Well, the Congo got you an assist. <laughs> one more. You uh, you only rolled one there. Oh my bad. <laughs> what was it again? Still control engineering. Control engineering. You got a success, so that's don't, good. Don't okay, roll good. a complication. Shut it. <laughs> there you go that is three total momentum back for you guys and yeah the creature its head uh, seems to stutter upwards to look in your direction and in a very jarring almost labored breath it says injured need energy need energy and it just it just keeps repeating captain we may be able to initiate the power transfer can you scan it to determine the bioelectric energy that is actually being fed into those luminescent patches? I wouldn't want to, I don't know, give it sour milk, to use a metaphor. <laughs> Quite. Um, yeah, and GM, I'll, I'll go ahead and scan the creature to see if we can make that determination. Sure. Uh, I tell you what, this could be one of two things. I'll let you choose based on what you think your character would do. If you're approaching this from a purely scientific standpoint, it's going to be a reason and a science. However, based on Dotek's history as a doctor, if you'd like to approach this as a doctor, this would be a reason medicine. And the difference here is if you do medicine, the complication range will be 19 to 20, but it will be at a lower difficulty. Let's Let's look at it as though I were still a doctor, which okay. I technically am, I suppose, but 
not a practical one. To give me the news. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, total difficulty on this is just going to be a two. Uh, xenobiology. Yeah, I would give it to you. Okay. Um, momentum. And I will, yeah, I will spend a point of momentum for an extra die. Okay. What's the ship assist? Uh, the ship actually doesn't assist on this one. Oh, okay. Um, so with three successes, uh, you actually get your momentum right back. And yeah, Dottig, uh, again, you'll have to flavor this as coming from a doctor's perspective. But if you're reading the creature's life signs correctly, those tentacles could also be almost like large power cables if you get my drift. Uh, Captain, I believe that with minor modification we can polarize certain patches of the whole plating to allow this thing to I mean, to use a medical metaphor, I suppose, uh, suckle from the Congo. Otherwise, if you'd like to take uh, maybe a more sterile approach, we could give it a jump. Uh, I would prefer the metaphor of a blood transfusion in this case, Doctor, but I think that either metaphor would apply. <laughs> very good. If we undertake those changes, it has the means to heal itself. Very good. Uh, please provide the necessary information to Lieutenant to Ensign Jaro and uh, have him modulate the hull plating in the necessary sections. Uh, yeah, Datek will send the information down to Jaro regarding the correct frequency. All right. So yeah, Jaro, uh, I just need a control engineering from you. Difficulty of two here. And the assist from the ship is going to be a... Let's do an engines and engineering for this one. Or actually, no, because you're modulating the whole plating. Let's do structure and engineering for this one. And we'll do a uh, momentum spend. But uh, what he's going to also do is uh, flash the lights and then have the lights kind of uh, roll up to where the uh, where the contact points should be for the creature. Got it. Try to help it out. Alright. It's only one success, unfortunately. So, I tell you what, I will let the succeed at cost, but there will be a complication. So, would you like the complication and a success? Or would you like to simply fail at this task? Let's get the complication. Okay. So I think what's going to happen then is the kaiju is, or the kaiju, the type two is uh, going to sort of read your message and it's going to extend a shaking tentacle tip towards the uh, indicated hull section. And as it contacts the hull and you begin the energy transfer, um, what you realize all too late, Jaro, is that you directed it to where the independent phaser supply reactor is. So you're not going to lose any power from this power transfer, but the complication is you no longer have any power for your phasers. All right, he's going to instantly start directing people. All right, we got to get that back up and running. And then, uh, uh, Jar to Captain, uh, it tapped into the phaser uh, power supply. Uh, we're going to work on getting that restored as quickly as possible, but for now, the phasers are down. Thank you for informing me, Ensign. Um, next time, try to be a little bit more judicious in your directions. 
I think that's a necessary skill for a chief engineer to develop. Yep, uh, just getting used to the ship, sir. Sorry. Of course, Ensign. Thank you for letting me know. Oh, sir, I don't, and don't forget, we still have the uh, frequency weapon on the deflector dish if we need it. Hopefully we won't be needing either phasers or deflectors. We've already engaged in far more conflict in this first mission than I was hoping we would. Is the creature recovering? And Rowan says, uh, yeah, sir, uh, look, right there. And she literally points at the view screen. And you see that as the creature absorbs the energy, um, the tentacle itself, almost like a uh, pulsating ring, almost like the warp core even, where just a glow of bioluminescence of blue and green light travels up the tentacle into the creature itself. And as the light sprays across its form, um, the wounds that you see, the holes, begin to knit back each other before your very eyes. Um, and GM again, is, oh, sorry, yeah. again, Captain, apologies. I, I just assumed that it would be best to uh, isolate it to just the phaser power supply rather than, uh, you know, challenging any of the other systems on the ship. Not an unwise precaution, Ensign. However. If you're but going to make that kind of decision, you. precisely. Um, and GM, is it possible for me to, and this is really more character motivated, mm -hmm. um, can Dottig use the ship's sensors to try to get a better understanding of its metabolic and regenerative processes? Sure. And uh, what I would say is that when you run the scan, again, uh, well, let's see, you only have two momentum, let's make a task of it. Okay. Uh, roll me a reason medicine, assisted by the Congo sensors and medicine, difficulty of one. Don't worry, LL, you'll get to go, to go outside eventually. All right, well, there's an assist from the Congo. <laughs> And another two successes from Dottig for three successes for a total of two momentum. And yeah, uh, Dottig, as you're looking at this, you almost do a double take and you go, that that can't be right. Because what I'm going to say is you turn and say, Captain, you're not going to believe this. And that's where we're going to go to break. So we're going to be, <laughs> be back in about uh, 10 minutes, everybody. Stick around. All right, and welcome back. Uh, if you're just tuning in, the players have been able to break up a uh, giant kaiju fight and uh, are now dealing with the aftermath, specifically in Sick Bay of Congo, where uh, Lieutenant Fives, you come back to life, uh, almost Starks, you know, shooting upright. And as you look around, you see Dr. Alel at your bedside. <clears throat> She's sitting next to you eating popcorn. Doc! Hungry? Is that Parmesan? Cheddar. And Fives like grabs a handful, kisses her on the cheek, says thanks, and runs out the door. Nice. <laughs> nice. I expected a longer scene than that, but sure, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you must have really liked cheddar. <laughs> I guess we I guess we go to the bridge now. That that that's better better with cheddar. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Alel's not there. Jaro, I don't know, would you be on the bridge at this point, Jaro, or would you still be in engineering? Uh, yeah, Jaro's going to head up, up to the bridge. Okay. So what I'm going to say is you guys are like mid-conversation, and that Fives will run in whenever he feels dramatically is appropriate. 
Captain, um, I also, uh, well, uh, sorry, I should have asked first, but I made this, and he hands him the portable communication device. Well, uh, Ensign, it's, again, impressive work that you were able to miniaturize this technology so quickly. In this case, I would say that your initiative, as it wasn't really related to any of my orders, was uh, more than welcome. Good job. And oh, that's when oh. the turbo lift door slides open and Fives, like, rushes out, remembers his place, goes, uh, uh, Lieutenant Fives, reporting for duty, sir. Are you all right? Have you recovered? Yeah, yeah. Um, cortical node shenanigans. It'll be in Alel's report, I'm sure. Rowan looks over at you, Fives. Is that popcorn? Yeah, cheddar. Want some? Nah, I can't have popcorn. I just like seeing it. Oh. I and see. Listen, I know I'm weird for occasion, all right? We've been over this. Maybe if Are... you want to come back to my quarters for some wine sometime and talk to me about it, it's totally fine. But I have to be at my station right now. Perhaps so, wait so... until you're off duty. Lieutenant Fives, take your station. That's what I'm saying. I got to be at my station. Helmsman. Sorry. At your station. I'm already here, sir. Uh, I'll be back in engineering. And uh, Jaro heads to the turbo lift. Captain, we have some interesting readings from the life form. While it was undergoing its regeneration cycle, I took the liberty of scanning it. It's... Well, sir, it's nothing short of miraculous. A fusion of nanotechnology and biology like I've never seen before. Can you elaborate? Well, the subject's tissues are suffused with nanomachines, the ratio of nanomachines to cells almost reaching one-to-one. -one. I mean, so unprecedented. It's a truly cybernetic organism, then. Uh, yes, uh, nearly seamless integration of biology and technology on the cellular level. Working in, in concert more efficiently than anything we have ever seen before. Ooh. Chief Fives, do you have anything to add, considering your past experiences and your own expertise with cybernetic implants? Uh, the sooner we can map its relationships with its biology and its technology, the, the, the Starfleet Medical will have a field day with this. Um, I haven't really caught up yet something about a power transfer to it. In fives, you look at your console, your phasers are a bit showing a big zero right now, 0% 0 power to them. Yeah, that's a power transfer. Our chief engineer thought that it would be wise to uh, confine the creature's access to our power systems to an isolated system. Makes sense. Hmm. Awesome. To a certain extent. It's not what I would have ordered, but what's done is done. Not an engineer. Any other information you can provide, Doctor, or...? For now, no. I need time to analyze these readings. Very good. Then... Captain! 
forgive me for speaking out of turn, but do you think it would be untoward to ask this thing for, say, a tissue sample? Well, Doctor, I was first going to establish <laughs> a, a line of communication with it in order to ascertain the concerns that it had regarding our presence on this planet. But uh, if it will permit us to engage in more thorough examinations of its construction and its tissue, I'll be certain to uh, save a sample for you. I would be in your debt. As a matter of fact, I would even be willing to give you a co-author credit on my next paper. It's right about then interrupting your conversation that uh, Bridge Station begins chirping and Rowan taps and it goes, um, okay, sir, it's sending us a message. And uh, she puts it over the speakers and the creature says, healing almost complete, sending last data transmission. And uh, I'm going to give this to Fives. Fives, I'm going to give you this handout. And uh, you can determine what you want to do with it. Let's see. There you go. You should now see disk log one underneath your handouts. Sir, there's a data feed coming in that apparently has some kind of record of activity happening on the station. I'm trying to put it in linear order. The timestamps are all jumbled here. Um, let's see. Uh, there was a, a breach in one of the hab habitats, and uh, definitely something got out. Um, they were trying to lock down per their normal protocols. Those protocols failed. They tried to initiate a quarantine. Obviously, the quarantine failed. Um, they have tried to send a message of some kind, and then they were attacked by some alien vessel. And that is the end of the data stream. Can you localize the source of the data stream to some sort of command center or centralized location from which they were trying to affect these quarantines? Is there a command and control station? There is a data signal tag embedded in this fragment. Let me see if I can identify any latent frequencies still on broadcast in this area that match. Go ahead and roll me a insight security difficulty of two. The Congo will assist you with a computers and security. Actually, you know what? Maybe communications and security, one we've never ever rolled in the history of all Star Trek adventures. But yeah, communications and security from the show. All right, and uh, observation on this? Yeah, I'd give you observation. And I will uh, spend a momentum for a third dice. Okay. I'll roll the ship. Cool. All right, that's two successes. Nope, still no help from the ship, unfortunately. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, with your two successes, unless I misspoke, um, what you're able to determine there, Fives, is that the signal and the stamp on said signal, it's the creature itself. The creature is the command and control node. This is uh, revolutionary. Not only does this creature have this incredible integration of cybernetic to flesh but it is the command and control node for this habitat a living breathing healing security system and core network 
phenomenal processing power it must have just a single being capable of orchestrating everything on a planetary scale yeah, there's a reason it's bigger than any starship we have in the fleet I bet these neurokinetics will probably indicate some kind of decentralized processing network contained perhaps in the limbs uh, outside of its head. Or simply on a microscopic level throughout its entire body is a, a kind of interconnected network between the various different nanomachines. Absolutely. Doctor, as we interact with it, I would like you to monitor its cellular structure as best as possible. Get as fine a scan as you can of the, uh, the nanotechnological interplay with its cellular structure. I'd like to know how functionally it's thinking and operating. Date Gorillo. I think Date and Lissalo wants to be on the bridge at this point. She's not on the bridge yet. There okay. you go. Aye, sir. Very good. Thank you. And Ensign Rowan. Uh, yes, sir. Open the communication frequency again. As you wish, sir. Uh, channel open. We have received your message. Are you in need of any further assistance? And what I'm going to say is that multiple bridge uh, consoles begin beeping including one down in engineering, um, as a massive data transfer begins to occur from the ship's computers to the creature itself. Engineering, lock it out. Uh, Jar will start trying to lock it out. Okay. So I'm actually going to spend two threat here, Jaro, that your task is going to be significantly increased in difficulty and complication threat or complication range. Um, so this is going to be a, on your part, a control or a daring, I'll give you either, uh, plus security. And the ship will assist you with a communications and security. The difficulty on this after the threat spend will be a four. And the complication range will be a 17 to 20. Alrighty. Looks like you have three momentum right now. Um, I'm going to spend one. Okay. Okay. And I do not believe I have a... Yeah, I do not have a focus in this. Ooh. Well, uh, maybe the ship can uh, get you a crit. Again, it's comm security for the ship. And it would have to roll a one, though, because the security is only a one. Has anyone called it for the ship? No. Nope. Sounds like you're volunteering. Mm-hmm. Survey says... Survey says the pop-out is not loading. Oh. <laughs> um, Just roll a d20. 
yeah, as I say, worst case, just roll a flat d20 and we'll, we'll just compare it to the 10. Yeah, with a 17, unfortunately, that is, uh, that's the second complication. So, uh, Jaro, uh, I'm going to offer you a choice here. Do you want the bad effect or do you want the really bad effect? You know I what? Just, like, I'm, going, I'm, I'm going for the fun. Let's go for the very bad effect. Okay. So through the tentacle charging port, as I like to imagine it, um, the sort of pulsating bioluminescence up the tendril uh, increases rapidly. And now not only are you are going to suffer five power loss, but also your computers are going to be considered as if they had a breach. Specifically that the data transfer rate is causing bioneural gel packs to blow out, causing the EPS conduits to fluctuate and otherwise try and compensate for the massive data transfer. In essence, this thing is taking far too much, far too quickly. Uh, I'm sorry, Captain, but giving it access to the charging systems gave it gave it access. I, I, I'll get back to you. Fives, depolarize the hull plating. Try to shake it loose. Uh, aye, sir. And as that's going on, I would open hailing frequencies to the creatures. Cease your activity immediately. You are causing damage to our vessel. All right. So I'm actually going to spend two threat here that what happens is regardless of any role or anything you guys could do, whether it's your words or your polarization, um, the power drain and computer drain continues. And it gets to the point where even the bridge stations are beginning to flicker out and otherwise, you know, lose their cohesion. But probably right as Alel barely gets to the bridge as the turbo lift doors, she has to force them open. Um, mm -hmm. It's right about then that the power transfer stops, the data transfer stops. The lights flicker, but slowly resume uh, their full capacity. And over the communication link, the creature responds in a less halting tone, more conversational, more quote-unquote natural sounding. And it says, apologies, I needed to download your matrix and cultural database so that I might understand you better. I understand the desire to engage with a new species. However, in our culture, we would have preferred it if you had simply asked to be granted access to the necessary and relevant information. Well, you are at my facility, therefore anything that is on the surface of this facility is my purview. An interesting perspective, and again, one that we as a culture would not necessarily share. However, we are in your territory. If you would like us to depart, we will. And there's a, there's a moment of silence. And then it finally replies, You have proven yourselves capable. I believe you might be capable of fixing a problem I have been unable to fix. And that would be? And uh, it sort of points over at the waterfall and that feeds into the river to the west and says, beyond that waterfall, there is a control node that should enable me to reenact quarantine procedures. However, I am far too large to fit inside.
And what is it exactly that you were attempting to quarantine on this facility? Those very same creatures that was going to attack you at some point before I arrived. What happened to uh, allow for their escape? What transpired at this facility? My previous entity was corrupted by an unknown external source. And you have no other information pertaining to this source or this mysterious vessel, I imagine, that you're referring to. Unfortunately, those logs have been corrupted and lost. And you have no external backups that would be accessible, presumably, to your previous creators, such as the override system that you want us to access? That is correct. I see. One of our culture's highest impulses is to avoid interfering with the affairs of another culture, as I'm sure you now know after having downloaded our database. We will consider your request. However, we need time to discuss it. Take your time. The nearest Type 1 is approximately 26 kilometers to the south. You have time to decide. And then the creature cuts off communication, giving you all time to talk and discuss. Sir, I, I have a theory. Go ahead, Lieutenant. I, I think this one may have been activated summarily to the destruction or, you know, offline of a, of a predecessor. And if I'm looking at these data logs, the way that I'm reading them, we might be the alien vessel, vessel that came on sensors and the data log we have could represent its activation. It, it basically just went, I'm, I'm activating because my predecessor went offline and uh, everything's going to heck quarantine's failing and there's an alien vessel coming into the range that's going to be attacked and that may indicate why it arrived so aggressively uh traveling so quickly and engaged uh as hostilely as it did it's an interesting supposition unfortunately we're flailing about in the dark here other observations concerns my concern is that this quarantine procedure may leave us stranded here. We have no idea what its full measure would entail. We, we run the risk by, if we choose an action, we run the risk of other ships coming upon this place and people dying. We could dispatch warning buoys on our way out. Federation does have its own means of quarantining areas of space. Well, why not double down and quarantine how our new friend would like us to help with and also our way? Doctor, this creature has demonstrated certain hostile tendencies. And I think Rowan at that actually speaks up and says, Sir, are we talking about the same creature? It didn't attack us. The only thing that attacked us was the Type 1. Ensign, it uh, 
invasively downloaded the entire database on board this ship from almost any other entity that would be viewed as a hostile action. If a Romulan warbird decloaked and started trying to access all of the secured files on this ship, we would certainly be less than amenable to allowing them to do so. Nonetheless, I do appreciate your perspective, and you are quite right. It did seek to defend us against its fellow giant monster. Well, thank, thank you, sir. I mean, that, that's sort of my point, though, in that it, it's doing so with best intentions. Shouldn't we... Oh, what what's the human expression? Um, follow the letter of the law, if not the spirit, or the reverse. Uh, I I was never good at those idioms. Well, I do have another human expression for you: that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I think many people on board this ship are intimately familiar with the, that reality. Of course, sir. And she turns back to her station, probably knowing that again she's spoken up a bit too much, but that's her. Other concerns or considerations, Lieutenant Commander? Only that if we assist this creature in enacting this quarantine procedure, it may offer the Federation an avenue to immeasurable scientific discovery. Very good. Ensign Rowan, open a communication frequency to the creature. Yes, sir. Channel open. To the unnamed creature, we have determined that we are going to assist you. However, we do have a few questions about the nature of the quarantine that you are going to put into place. Again, there's a pause. And then right about the time you're thinking about repeating your message, it finally replies, what is your questions? What are your questions? You have indicated that you perceive us to be, in essence, your property, that we're under your dominion based on the fact that we are, have landed on your ring. If we implement the quarantine, will that still be in effect? Would we be trapped within it, just like the rest of your possessions your computers indicate you have faster than light travel you will not be affected by the quarantine and the nature of the quarantine itself what will it do to the creatures on this installation or to the installation itself to put it in rudimentary terms based on what I have gleaned from your scientific database it will transport this entire facility into null space, or a, a level of subspace manifold similar to null space. You have the ability to, to affect such a transport. Would that cause any damage to the residents of this facility? This facility's larger inhabitants will not survive the transition, but they are why quarantine has to be enacted in the first place. I see. I appreciate your candor. Is there no other option, no way to return them to some sort of safe stasis environment or the like? And then again, comfortable silence. 
My previous six predecessors attempted to solve the problem as you suggested. They were unable to contain the creatures. Would you be willing to provide us with the data surrounding their efforts so that we can potentially examine their strategies and determine a, an alternate course of action, one that doesn't result in such tragic loss of life? And uh, remember how that transfer came out of your computer? Well, now it's going back in. Captain, we're sure. receiving unfathomable amounts of information. Allow it to pass. I'm going to try to write an algorithm to see if we can uh, parse for the data we're looking for. Sure. Go ahead and do a uh, control security on your part. Uh, difficulty of one. Uh, Captain phasers are back to 25%. Thank you, Ensign. Continue your work. Control security, you said? Yep. All right. Momentum? Uh, yeah, I, I will spend one momentum. And... Um... Would shipboard tactical systems work here? Not quite, unfortunately. Not quite. Does right. the ship assist? I'll give you an assist with a computer security for the ship. Okay. Uh, you got that, John? Get that? Yeah, I got it. All right. Well, there's three successes, four successes, which means you get three momentum back. Wow. And yeah, uh, fives. Do you want the long or the short version? Uh, I want the effective version. All right, I'll give you a try of a middle answer there. Long story short, um, when it said six predecessors, it is what you thought of earlier. There have been, well, now seven instances of this creature. Um, every single time it has tried to enact a quarantine or otherwise, you know, try to wrangle the creatures back in, it's sort of one of those situations where what's 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 the actual expression I'm trying to remember here? But, I mean, it's not unlike Jurassic Park, where once the T-Rex is out of its cage, it's very hard to get the T-Rex back into the cage. Now multiply that T-Rex by a thousand, if not hundred thousand, and at a certain point, you just have to sort of cut your losses and realize that, yeah, there's, there's no way of containing this thing short of loss of life. Can I use a momentum for obtain information? Sure. What would you like to uh, know? I would like to know what initially held these creatures in place before they were able to escape. So if you will imagine the Alderson disc, uh, if we were to go and look at the exterior of it, um, part of the Alderson disc, at least the part that's closest to the sun, has a massive retaining wall that prevents you know, direct sunlight across most of the disc, or at least the initial part of the disc. And the more you look at the readings, there were similar retaining walls that were large enough to contain the creatures within, but something breached those walls and therefore let the creatures out. Any data on the composition of those walls? Let's just say they're somewhere on the magnitude of neutronium, but not <laughs> neutronium. So we're talking maybe one magnitude less than neutronium. <laughs> That's awesome. 
<sighs> um, Captain, it, it looks like my supposition was correct. This is the seventh instance of some kind of bio uh, cybernetic security program that was designed to contain breaches of the larger uh, type one creatures. Um, the, the, the disc has some retaining walls that were collapsed somehow. Um, they were unable to be rebuilt and the composition of these retaining walls is you know, in league with neutronium. I am not certain that we could in a given time uh, reconstruct said retaining walls. Uh, but I am still trying to think if there is a way that we might be able to determine a timeline uh, with the creature to see when this is crucial, and we might be able to rally the Starfleet Corps of Engineers to reconstruct uh, this segment of the containment field. Lieutenant Commander uh, Datig, do you have any speculation as to what might have been able to penetrate a material that was comparable to neutronium. Can you ascertain anything from the data stores that have been sent to us? Uh, GM? Well, since you are a science officer, you do get a free question that I forgot to give you in the past, so All right. your free answer is that um, yeah, you know those beams that the Type 1 was shooting out earlier? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, somehow it evolved that capability and what you're now realizing is that when you look at the logs from previous predecessors, the creatures evolved to a rapid state. This thing used to be the size of a small house. It's now 200 meters tall. You probably can do the math from there. Well, I'll, I'll relay that information and then add. It stands to reason, Captain, that if the rate of evolution continues... I mean, piercing neutronium or something similar to neutronium will be a simple matter for them. We could quite literally tear the disc apart. And given the impossible nanotechnological evolution of this species, they might even be able to find some way to leave it. Quite so. I will bet that's what the creature had in mind when it said it needed to go to null space before these creatures become an ecological menace in this part of the galaxy. Indeed. Does anyone have any suggestions about alternative courses of action based on the data that we've seen? Dr. Allel, would it be possible perhaps to introduce some kind of nanotechnological virus to interfere with their evolution, to try to restrain them on this disk. I'm loath to to destroy this facility and kill these creatures if well, there's I, any other option. So, sorry, sir. Um, I would not take part in genetic engineering. And I would have to protest that course of action as well. Um, Designer viruses don't have a very good track record of remaining innocuous to those they are not meant to harm. You are both quite right. It is tempting, though, isn't it? I mean, for my part, I think we could do it. I mean, I think so, too, and it would be a good situation. 
this I, I I have a potential solution that is it's a long shot, Captain. Um, we could attempt to recreate the effects of a subspace compression anomaly to try and shrink these creatures down. We do have records from uh, the USS Defiant. They're about 30 years old, 40 years old. Um, but they do indicate that... Oh, uh, is it the one with the runabout? A subspace compressed... You're familiar, Doctor. Nice. Oh, I uh, love Lieutenant that story. Commander. Rowan actually turns and almost stands... Uh, she actually stands up very excited and says, Wait, wait, wait. So you want to shrink down the Type 1s, and then we just put them back in a cage, and... Okay, now I'm lost. What do we... They're evolving. How do we stop that? Uh, we could work in concert with our new ally. And realizing she's standing, making a fool out of herself, she abashedly sits back down. Captain, I said it's a long shot. I'm not even sure how we would be able to mimic the effects of the subspace compression. Um, actually, and Rowan speaks up very timidly this time, we, we do sort of have a wormhole generator aboard. Just saying. I might be able to work with Jaro and get this, uh, get some specs out, Captain. Of course, as Ensign Rowan did quite correctly point out, it's a moot point if these creatures will continue to evolve. Contact our potential ally. Beep boop. This is Captain Lee Tobin of the Congo to the unidentified custodian of this facility. We're about to send you some information regarding our Federation's past experiences that might allow us to miniaturize the various different creatures on this station, potentially allowing you to corral them and to restrain their evolutionary process. Do you believe that this is a feasible strategy? Could you based on your own understanding of the nanotechnology involved, somehow preclude their further evolution if they are miniaturized in this way. Comfortable pause. If this is able to work, I can contain them, yes. Would you be amenable to us attempting to implement this plan? Just don't target me. Very good. Can and I'm you provide spend us... two thread on this? That the creature's head suddenly snaps to the south and says, Whatever you do, you must do it quickly. A congregation of creatures is approaching rapidly. Very good. We will begin working on implementing this plan as quickly as possible. Ensign, close the channel. Already done, sir. All right, everyone. You have your objective. Implement it as best as you possibly can, as quickly as you can. All right. Hey, sir. So since I haven't really been spending threat for this, uh, I'm going to be a little bit mean here and uh, make things a little bit difficult for you all. So this is going to be another extended task. Uh, however, there is going to be a rather short time limit on it. Um, let me just type it all out here. So it's going to be a work track of 16 a magnitude of five, a difficulty of five, and a resistance of one. 
and you have eight intervals to complete this before the creatures, the type ones, arrive. And uh, assuming you rope in Jaro, Jaro's probably going to be your best bet at a uh, daring engineering. Uh, if it's uh, Dotic doing this, this would be a daring science. Uh, if it's fives, I would think either a daring science or daring engineering. Either would be fine. Same goes for LL, same goes for Rowan. And of course, Lee, I think you've already used your direct, so you could give your determination, though, as captain. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I would pass that on to whoever is going to make that first attempt. Well, and, don't step uh, all up at once. <laughs> Uh, this is Lieutenant Fives to Chief Jaro. Jaro, do you read me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm I'm gonna send you some specs. We're gonna try to do a hail mary here. Um, check out these this idea of about a subspace compression anomaly. We, we want to be able to try and help this uh this giant type one creature thing. It's, it's apparently it's a security program trying to quarantine the big bad guys. And what we need to do is we need to shrink them down in size so they can be recontained. Um, the alternative is that we help this monster. Uh, beast, uh, creature, uh, uh, the, what did the captain say? Uh, custodian, um, destroy them all. All right. Um, yeah, I, I got your, I got your, uh, your stuff. Uh, oh God. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can try. Now I'm, I, I can definitely, uh, reroute power and, uh, transfer, any kind of resources you need from the bridge. Uh, but I, I think you're going to have to be at the controls for this one. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting out of this damn... Uh, yeah, I'll be... Yeah. Alright, I'm I'm at my council. Alright, let's, let's try this. Alright, All right, so before you roll, uh, one very important rule I'm also going to institute here... If you want it to take only one interval of time, you have to spend the momentum before the roll takes place. Yeah, well, the very first one will do an interval of time. Okay, so that's one momentum down. And then Daring Engineering? Daring Engineering, difficulty of five. And the assist roll? The assist roll can come from one of the players or the ship. Um, the ship would assist you with a computers and science on this, or computers and engineering. I would allow either. And because the captain has been so so kind to give me his determination, I am going to use the value, shut up, I'm rescuing you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. And at this point, if it's okay with the other players, Lee would actually hand command over to Datig, tell him to take control of the bridge, and head down to main engineering to assist Jaro. Yeah. And I will... I will spend our momentum to get a third die. And uh, focus-wise... Yep. Nope, I don't think I've got one. And 
GM, you said that's computers and science for the uh, for the Congo to assist? Or engineering. I'd allow either. Uh, actually, no. Looking at your focuses, Jaro, um, I would give you starship construction or warp field technology okay. um, because this is a unique um, method of, well, technology that has been built into uh, the ship. Okay. Awesome. And All right. Just... In terms of the assists, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to sell you on something here. Mm -hmm. Even though Lee recognizes that this is Jaro's domain, um, mm -hmm. he would like to assist by way of coordinating the various different engineering teams, given that he knows that Jaro is actually new as sort of being a, a commander of a section or department like this. So could I sell you on using my presence and, uh, and engineering rather than- That was than... actually what I was going to suggest, yes. So when the captain comes down, Jaro's uniform has a couple tears in it, and he is dirty. His hair is all disheveled. Uh, it looks like he's been running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Ensign, are you all right? Yeah, it's just just trying to get a lot of things done at one time, sir. Um, you know, still still working on the phaser. Uh, yeah, yeah, and now okay. Ensign, yeah, we got this. Ensign, look at me for a moment. You do have this. You're fine. You know what you're doing. I know how you've saved Deep Space October on numerous occasions. You can do this. Focus on your work. I've got you supported. Uh, thanks, sir. And sorry about earlier. And We'll talk that, about it over a drink. And with that, he will roll. All right. Well, that's uh, that's already six successes, which is a good sign. Seven. There's, yeah, very nice. Seven, eight, nine successes. <laughs> nice. So you get four momentum back, and yeah, go ahead and uh, roll me those six challenge die. Let's see how well you do. And we'll re-roll three of those zeros. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so if I understand correctly, um, because Lee is assisting you, those effects count as basically vicious? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so that is a total of 7, 8. Resistance of 1 brings it down and is to there is six. there a way to spend momentum to help with that? Um, it is, you can spend one momentum for one more work. Um, and it's a one-to-one -one ratio, and you can spend as much momentum as you like. Um, but you are over the five threshold, which means the magnitude and the difficulty is going to go down from that. All right, we're good then. Okay. So yeah, uh, Jaro, you begin doing the massive amount of computation and rewiring to get your micro wormhole generator on the Congo to even approach doing what you are trying to do. And as you do so, Lee, you are able to coordinate the chaos that is engineering in such a way that you're making good progress. Uh, you have a working theory. You just need to run some simulations and otherwise, well, put theory into practice. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the first interval of time. So you have seven more intervals oh, in which to get this done. Sir, I think I can. Well, it would take me too long to explain. But I think I have an idea. Creating an oscillating subspace. We just need this. We just need this for a little bit, right? Yes, that is true. 
Okay. All right. Uh, so I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm just gonna boost the boost the powers. I have a way to get this done a little bit quicker. And uh, he's going to use Jury Rig. Okay. Okay. To reduce the difficulty by two for the next roll. Mm-hmm. Engineering. And I'll roll four dice total. So that's three of our momentum. And we did, we do spend a momentum for the time as well. So that's all four. All, all four. four. Mm-hmm. All four go bye-bye. All right. No help from Lee, unfortunately. Ooh. Well, there's five for uh, for Jaro. And uh, does the ship get you anything? Again, that's a uh, computers and science on the part of the ship. Yeah, I've okay. got it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep, you can go ahead. Go ahead. Yep, you do it. Okay, computer science. <laughs> taking it. Somebody do it. No, you. Computers science. Go. Hey, another two. So that's a total of seven, which means you get three momentum back. Yeah, you I know have the drill. Back. Where are you getting five? Because from? I used jury rig. Right, because you jury rig. Yeah, down yeah, to yeah. Two. yeah, I'm there now. Ah, uh, yeah. And so go ahead and roll me uh, six challenge dice. There we go. Right, I don't think there's is... a reason to re-roll the one. No. All right, so that is seven, eight, nine, nine reduced to eight. So that wow. is 14 out of 16 work done. And I can spend two momentum to get the last two done? Uh, yes, but that would only bring it down to a difficulty of two. But it would basically mean that if you rolled five or more work on your next attempt, you would complete it uh, significantly, yes. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. So yeah, all you really need to do at this point then is uh, more or less just make sure the power flows are correct and that the, the micro wormhole generator has time to spool up. But you think you can do this. In fact, you think you can do it far before the creatures get here. I, uh, we should still spend the one. What do you think? Yeah. For the interval? Yeah. And I'll spend one for the roll. Okay. Are we doing a uh, ship's computer science with that? Yep, one more time. And the difficulty now is two? Difficulty is now two, correct. Uh, then, in character, uh, Lee would actually take Jaro aside for a moment and say, Ensign, you don't need me anymore. You've got this. Um, if, 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 if you're sure, sir. I am. It was nice to return to an engineering section, but uh, my place is on the bridge. This is, this is yours. All right, so let's get that ship assist to see if we could get momentum. Yeah, and you do. You get one momentum back. And yeah, all you have to do is not roll all zeros. That's literally all you have. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, what happens, Jaro? Um, and is... I'll spend one momentum mm-hmm. to make the uh, to make it last for two scenes. Okay, important note. That's what I was going to ask. So yeah, uh, Jaro, you you think you're done? You you just need somebody on the bridge to push the button. Uh, fives, give it a go. I'm here. Got it. All right. 
So we sort of go to an exterior shot of the ring where you guys are like down here. But as a bunch of the Type 1s uh, begin approaching you, what happens is we see a wormhole, uh, some sort of beam uh, being generated from the Congo's deflector beam, this time a red-hued one. And this red-hued beam goes into the atmosphere, the high atmosphere of the planet, and or the ring world, I should say. And what happens is it does so over the creatures, and immediately you guys see on sensors and visually that the creatures begin to shrink and shrink shrink some more and even more how far do you want to go down um based on That's the data that we, based on the data that we were fed from the type two uh, we would like to shrink it more <laughs> or less to the same size uh okay. i don't want them to be as tall as the house please <laughs> could we could we get slightly <laughs> smaller than that let's go like one third that size at most Let's so, take them pot belly pig size so then that, we can market them as pets. So about the size of I an feel, Orion. Uh, is everyone on the ship measuring everything other than the metric system? <laughs> are three uh -huh. washing machines tall. <laughs> uh, Captain, recommend we open communication with the custodian. And determine what it would prefer in terms of the size reduction. Uh, no, sir. Just um, let it know that we are doing our part, and it can proceed with its procedures, security procedures. And I actually, a console begins beeping, and Rowan says, "Um, it's it's hailing us." On audio. Your approach to this situation is novel. I will use the pylons to implement it immediately across the disc world. At this point, I must ask you to leave the facility. Please come back in approximately two years of your time. The zoo will be open again. Understood. Until such time, we will place warning beacons around this nebula to ward off any potential intruders. And the custodian, as you've named him, uh, sort of bobs its head and it leaps up into the air and starts to soar towards the group of type ones leaving the Congo time to angle up towards the stars and exit the disc into the nebula beyond. And I tell you what, that's where we'll end today's session. I so yeah, Star Trek ending. So yeah, Dag, uh, I'm glad you caught on what I was throwing down. Like, I don't know if you did it on purpose or not, but the whole point was to use the micro wormhole generator to compress them down. I would uh, I would say that using the micro wormhole generator was somebody else's idea. I was just trying to think outside the box. If we couldn't contain them as big as they are, let's shrink them down. And mm -hmm. uh, Star Trek has an episode that does that, and it was cool to call back to it. Exactly, and it was one of those things where I didn't mind like giving you the idea, uh, you know, in character because you you made most of the progress to the idea. I just needed to give you the push. You did a great job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, uh, what would you guys think? Did you enjoy your first little foray as the Congo crew? You're going to put a mushroom forest in front of us and not let us go play in it? <laughs> that was beyond the captain, not on yes. me. Let's be clear here. I, I tried to work it in there when I said like it, there might be something inside the facility, but we're running at about half an hour left in terms of the game time. 
that's fine. And I didn't want to kill all these creatures. That's, we'll need another mushroom forest at some point, please. Sure. You have to wait until season maybe, two for the genocide. Maybe one where we, <laughs> maybe one where we get shrunk down in a regular forest with a lot of mushrooms, so it looks like a mushroom forest from our perspective. And we've got to. I mean, that's certainly one way to do it. It was fun. Cool. All right. Well, YouTube, this is where we say goodbye, but Twitch, stick around for a little bit longer because we're going to rate someone. But uh, bye, YouTube.